You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. I have Mark Russell, uh, founder of a company called Rocking Bed. The website's pretty simple. It's rockingbed.com. So, Mark, thanks for coming. How are you doing today? Doing awesome, Rich. Thanks for having me on. So, Rocking Bed is not a bed with speakers in it that blasts rock music, is it? Uh, no. No, no, no speakers. No blasting. Uh, what, what is it then? What's the premise? So, it will gently rock you to sleep. Our tagline is sleep like a baby again for adults. That's cool. So how did you uh, get this idea? Did you like watch old people in rocking chairs and the idea came to you or how did it come um, about? Yeah. So when I, was a, when I was a little kid, we would go on trips and I remember like trying to sleep in the back seat, you know, sitting up, stuffed in the station wagon and trying to sleep sitting up was very uncomfortable. And at times I would get the whole back seat to myself, but the seatbelts would be digging in on my side. And I remember one time maybe setting up a, um, I don't even remember whether it was uh, a mattress in the back or whatever, but, um, but later on, I just never really got that. I, I knew, you know, I don't know if you've ever felt, have you ever felt kind of that when you're going to sleep in a, um, in a vehicle and you kind of get that like daisy in and out feeling, you know, when you're kind well, of- I, like I get that on airplanes and I, I hated it. It's like a torturous half sleep. But then again, yeah, I don't sleep well in vehicles and on planes. I don't sleep super awesome sitting up, but you know, there's studies that show that movement helps you go to sleep. That actually just came out a new study, but getting back to the study or back to the story is um, my wife and I in 04 went on a cruise and it was the very first time that I was in like a bed, like a, this is what you're supposed to do. You're laying down, you're flat, you're not in a car and the boat was moving very, very gently. And like, I just had an epiphany. I was like, oh, this is what I was trying to feel when I was a little kid in the back of that station wagon. This gentle rocking like a hammock, but I'm not curled up like a taco in a hammock. And it just felt so awesome. And I got awesome sleep. And I, a lot of people who contact us have been on cruises. And they're like, I slept better than I've ever slept on a cruise. And so anyway, that was in 04. And I got off the cruise and I was like, I am going to find um, a unit 
some sort of machine out there that will do for me what this bed, you know, that, ex- that I can have that same experience. And I looked all around and it wasn't out. Um, I'm an entrepreneur uh, with software development. I'm a certified arborist. I've been a stockbroker and insurance agent. I'm also a public adjuster, insurance public adjuster. And, you know, uh, in 2014, after sitting on that idea for 10 years, Lori and I, my wife, were like, you know what? If we're going to start another business because we're always starting something, like if this one That's fails, cool. at least at least we get the prototype. Right, exactly. That's cool. Very cool. So what's, um, what kind of uh, reactions have you gotten from people? Do they... I mean, you know, just honestly, like, do some people poke fun at it or do they, do they think it's really cool or do they feel sheepish because, you know, they don't want to feel like a baby or they're embarrassed? I mean, what's the thoughts around it? Um, it's people who get it, get it. People and people who don't like it, like, absolutely don't like it. Like, we're not selling peanut butter cookies to people with peanut allergies. Um, like, in other words, if you get motion sickness, <laughs> You know, if you're a, someone who has vertigo, absolutely you're not in the market. Um, but if you're the type of person who really digs that sleep you get on a cruise or loves hammocks, people are just in love with it. They're like, that's what I want. That, that, that was me, and that's why we did it. Um, right. You know, we've, we've been out to a few shows. We were at CES two years, and people kind of stop, and they look, and they're, they just kind of get a weird look on their face because they're kind of not used to seeing that. And that's been kind of a challenge, I guess. So what's, um, what are some parameters of the rocking? Like, you know, if it goes too fast or it's too strong, I'm sure it would make someone not feel good. And I, I bet you there's like some kind of ideal cadence, you know, and, and um, I don't know what you call it, but, you know, the, how far it moves in one direction or another, that's important. And how fast it changes direction. I would guess all that has to be tuned in. Um. So a lot of that tuning just came from an issue of um, the mechanical cost effectiveness um, of trying to dial in. The, the word you're looking for is speed ramping, how you ramp your speed in and out. Um, and the way that we ended up doing it, our, our mechanism is really simple. It's a crank arm. If you picture like a, um, a locomotive, uh, the old steam engines, how they had that piston going in and out that rotates the wheel. So ours is just a rotating crank arm that transfers that energy into a linear motion back forth. Um, And, you know, the ramping works. We tried doing on one of our first versions, we tried doing like a customizable linear actuator with customizable ramping. And it was just so cost prohibitive to build all that technology that it was shutting down the system. But to speak on a little bit about like what you mentioned, the ideal. There was a company I think called Sonomat or something out of Europe. And they had something a few years back on that idea of what's good up and down, side to side, head to toe, you know, and they, they, they didn't actually have, they did studies on movement, but not on one movement versus another. So I don't think there've been any like definite decisions made on whether it's better to go up and down. I can tell you personally from experience, it's this is going to sound a little weird, but once you close your eyes, it's very, very difficult to determine. If it's too smooth, you can't even determine whether you're going left or right. Like you actually, people will open their eyes. That's one thing we've seen at shows. The second people close their eyes, they open them back up because they feel like they're not moving. It's very, very subtle feeling. 
They expect, when they see it, they expect, they expect oh my gosh, I'm going to hate that and I'm going to feel it. And people lay down and they instantly open their eyes within like half a second because they thought it stopped right when they closed their eyes. Well, how far does it move back and forth? Like what's the timing of the, uh, of the back and forth rocking motion? So the, yeah, the maximum that we have is 15 revolutions. The offset is about two inches. So it's a total of a four inch stroke. So left to right is four inches or off center is two to the left, back to center, two to the right, back to center. The max amount of times that you can go left, back to center, right, back to center is 15 times in one single minute, which I think they call that like 15 hertz. Um, but it can go slower. I don't think you'd want to go slower though. If it goes any slower, like if you went to half speed, you'd almost not feel it, I think. Well, what, have, you, have you done any like experimentation on like the optimal uh, you know, speed of the thing, the optimal number of hertz? Or are there studies out there that show you know, different uh, speeds affect people differently? You know, it's funny that you say that. This, this new study, and you might have found us because of that new study. That, I think it came out January 23rd or something. And it was from the same people. And there's a, there's a couple of professors in a, at a university in Switzerland who actually, they did that, the sauna map thing was, I think, tied to them, but they did one on naps in 2011 that showed good, or benefits of getting to sleep faster for naps. And then they just came out with one for eight hours of sleep that showed the benefits. And I think their study was at 15 hertz. I think I remember seeing it. And the funny thing is, I've been at this for five years and I haven't taken time to read through their report, which I maybe should have done. So, uh, especially Maybe reading through it puts like, you to sleep, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. It probably would. Well, um, yeah, because when I think about this, I think that I bet you the speed would affect how people would sleep. And then also during stages of sleep, I mean, it's getting like, you know, maybe too, too granular, but I wonder if during REM sleep, during deep sleep, um, you know, if it moves differently, if that would affect you and, you know, what if it shakes you instead? Like it shakes you back and forth instead of rocking you. What would that do to you? Mm-hmm. Just, those thoughts come to mind. Things to explore maybe later on. <laughs> I haven't done any studies personally, except for just, I, I'll, I can offer this up to you. Um, a couple things, because you can't talk to many people who slept on rocking beds. Um, you know, there's, there's just not many people out there who have. One thing that I found really surprising is that when you fall asleep on a rocking bed, you, um, if you start to wake up, it's kind of the same thing as, you know, when you go to sleep on a plane and you're kind of in that little weird phase. I have woken up many, many, many times so much so that it's predictable now. It doesn't surprise me anymore. You absolutely cannot feel yourself rocking when you start waking up. It's the weirdest thing. I literally have to open my eyes and look at the clock beside my bed to see if it stopped or not. Somehow your body just gets used to that movement or maybe you're kind of dozy and in sleep state, but you can't feel it. That was surprising. Hmm. Um, so what's been the feedback? I mean, you know, hopefully rocking bed is, uh, like I said, it's a great thing. and it's, A lot of people are going to be using it, but um, what's the feedback from you? Like what's your experience with it? And what's the experience of other customers? Um, so we have only shipped out maybe about 10 units. Um, and they arrived like a week ago, two weeks ago. People like just okay. one of them that hit Illinois 
um, their son, uh, just this morning, I talked to him, their son is autistic and, um, we shipped it out a while ago, but they didn't, they didn't set it up. I guess with autism, there's a little bit of a process to have that new thing introduced into at least that child's life. And so finally they got that happening and they were thrilled. Uh, a lot of special needs kids that we've heard, um, have a hard time going to sleep and a lot of them actually need to be rocked. We've gotten like comments from our queries from parents who are just exhausted because that's a requirement. And they, he, he wrote me and he was just like, or he talked to me this morning and he was like, Mark, I, I want to give you a review. We're super happy. Um, but I haven't heard from a lot of other people. I know that I love mine, um, but I just, I actually have not heard back because it's been a very short turnaround since we shipped them well, out. Well, you just said the most exciting starting phase. That's okay. I mean, there'll be a lot more and hopefully this podcast will, you know, give you some calls and stuff. But, um, so what's been your experience with it? We'll start with that you know, yourself and, and your wife and what does it feel like before and, and now you, you described some of it, but what's your sleep like? You know, the funny thing is when I use the bed is I don't have a super hard time going to sleep at nighttime anyway. Um, but when I have a really hard time going to sleep is when I'm kind of tired on the weekends. And um, as an entrepreneur, my brain is just going constantly. And so you know, sometimes I'm tired and I want to take a nap on the weekends and I just can't get to sleep. And that's when like, I just absolutely love it because I'll literally, I'll put my head on the pillow and just imagine myself back on that ship and kind of, you can kind of hear the mechanical sound of the motor underneath. We, we bought a really nice motor, um, but there's still obviously any sort of movements going to create friction. And so I'll just kind of imagine that that's the steam engine down there. And I love it. My wife actually said she was like the first time we set it up because, you know, I'm kind of dragging her into it. Um, but once she tried it, she's like, Mark, if if I who thought I wouldn't like it feel this way, people are really going to like this. So she really likes it. But once again, there are other people, you know, there's some it's like once again, like there are some couples where one has insomnia or a vertigo rather and the other really wants it. But it's not happening <laughs> because the one partner right, is not right. going to. Interesting. Um, so what's your, uh, you know, you've got it working, you, it's, you know, you shipped a few, um, I guess now you're going to be getting some good feedback from people. Anything that is going to be in the next iteration of it, or is it good for now, you know, and that's what it's going to be for the next, for the foreseeable future, or are there are things that you, you want know, to change about it? Yeah. So it, it's funny because this has been rich, a uh, uh, a good learning experience as far as, um, I don't know if you've ever done any hardware development. Um, I've done a lot of software. I program a lot of software. And at least with software, all you're in it for is the labor for features, where hardware, you're in it for tooling. And so on, our, on every feature that we added, you know, we started with a metal frame. And then I got to the, I basically got to the time after we did all the designs that they're like, okay, you ready to do a run? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, let's do a 500 piece run. And we're unfunded. Like we don't have funding. We're bootstrapping. Yeah. And it's like a quarter million dollars for the tooling Whoa. plus the, and like as a tree guy, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have a quarter million when this idea is so nascent. It's so like not on the mind of people. And this, remember, we've been at this for five years. So that's like way before 
it was neat to get on the live with Kelly and Ryan show that got us some publicity, but you know, like it came into again, into the focus of people's minds after this new study came out. I'm hoping that'll catch some traction, but like, it's, that's a lot of money to invest in inventory, which we didn't do. And so we changed over to a wood design and that's what we shipped out. We got effectively the function in a different form. I mean, the form is kind of the same. It's your box springs effectively, but you know, underneath the cover, underneath the like material cover, it's wood rather than metal. Um, and we got that, but at the end of it, there are some things like just from, this is just from a business standpoint where those features, some of those features I I think are less needed if it it gets in the way of production. So like the moving headboard we're nixing, that's not going to be in there. In fact, it's not on the side anymore. Um, it was on the, on the 15 that we shipped and yeah, it's kind of a pain in the butt. Sometimes if you're a tall guy, if your pillow rubs on the wall. Um, but it's also really hard to manufacture a big, heavy moving headboard. So there's some little tweaks like that. Um, bent corners, for example, there's nothing that says there needs to be a three inch radius on the corners of the bed. So we're nixing that just for the tooling reasons, right. because we want to get it out there at an affordable price. Like we're, we're aiming, I don't know if we can ever do this, but we're aiming for sub 2000 right now it's 2450, but we just not, it was at 3450. Yeah. So, well, I know so that we're trying you know, to get the whole lean startup, minimum viable product theory out there, which makes a lot of sense. But you know, when you're an entrepreneur, your heart is in something and you want to have it, have all these features and make it really great. And it's hard to say, all right, what's the minimum viable product and do that because you kind of don't like that, or at least that's been my experience. I don't want minimum viable. I want something that's really now, great. Is that, you know? is that from your experience on interviewing, or have you personally experienced that in businesses of your own? Oh, I personally experienced that feeling. I want to put this and that and this and that in it, but, and you're like, ah, all right, fine. Here's the minimum hard. viable thing, but I hate it. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to rip them out. That's exactly right. And like, literally, like, that's why I brought like, it up. Okay. Yeah. So, like, going back five years, um, with the MVP, because I like I've read Eric Reese's book, and it's mm-hmm. funny because it's the same thing with software. I've got another piece of an app that we're building right now with a, another little project that I'm running, which is an MVP. Um, but like going back to this um, idea of the linear ramping motion, um, mm-hmm. that feature of the ramp, um, I wanted, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could design your own little ramp up, ramp down and have a shareable app and everybody can share it. You know, oh, we like this program or that. And then it, it almost killed the project five years ago. And that's when I transitioned to a crank arm. There's a crank arm is so much more simple and it doesn't require all this coding. It doesn't require all these other things. And so I, I've done that again with the little stuff like the, the 90 degree corner, you know? Mm. And so, um, so anyway, it's been like it almost got killed again off of this. And like literally we're, we're Lori and I are about to buy some like I as a tree guy, like I weld. I'm a very hands on guy. So I probably we're going to be building these things custom for each person who orders one right in my garage. And we'll do MVP and we'll we'll make it happen. And if people like it and love it and share it, we'll uh, we'll get them awesome beds and see see if it grows. Yeah, well, I do know one thing that offsets the, uh, you know, the, the dislike of MVP is, you know, asking a lot of questions in the market and tweaking stuff and making it better and better. And that, at least for me, that seems to offset the, the hatred of the MVP, because then I feel like 
I am giving the person a better product and I'm tuning it in and I'm hearing mm-hmm. what they have to say and that, that satisfies that desire of mine. So. Yeah, like on some of the units, I had a few people like, well, Mark, I already have a headboard. I'm like, ah, well, you never had your pillow scraping on the wall. But my personal, my, it's loud too, by the way, put your ear that, I mean, whoever does that, you put your ear on a pillow and go rub it on a wall. It is really surprisingly loud, but my personal unit, I don't have a moving headboard because we learned about it after. And so what do I do? I adjust, I scoop my feet off the end of the bed a little bit when it's running. Okay. Well, very cool. So what's the, um, what's the best way for people to find out more? about it it's you know it's new they're starting the ship um people may have a lot of questions i don't know they can go to rockingbed.com but any other uh, interaction that you'd like any other way for them yeah i mean they're they're always welcome to email any questions that they have to support at rockingbed.com they can sign up for our newsletter on the site and you know our next we're we're taking pre-orders they're you know it's um the pre-orders are 10 percent down fully refundable so if someone wants to put 245 down and then they change their mind or whatever, it's not a big deal. It's through Tricellary if you've ever heard of that um, pre-order system. But um, but yeah, they can sign up the newsletter, uh, email us at support at rockingbed.com. Um, but yeah, that's it. I think oh, you should oh, get the band Kiss to, uh, to sponsor it so they could be the rocking bed and you could have pictures of them like standing on the bed with guitars, you know, for a, a <laughs> double entendre. They they need to come over. Yeah, they need to do that. Yeah. You get Metallica. Um, so yeah, I was just gonna say the the depending on when the show airs, our goal is for the next set to start shipping latest July. Like on my plate this week as I'm looking through all these little pieces to like kind of put together this next prototype and verify and do the testing. I've never had tons of them, but um, this week we should be. Within a week and a half, I should have my version of the metal uh, unit built and verified, and then we're going to start buying equipment and start to put these things together. So that's great. Well, Mark, I hope it's a big success, and you know, keep it going. And I uh, appreciate being on the podcast. Awesome, Rich. Thanks again for having us. We appreciate it. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials, or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription, or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.